Have you been looking for a Taekwondo podcast with qualified people who know what they're talking about, who help you keep up with everything going on in the Taekwondo world? Well, you found it. This is the Taekwondo Podcast. Taekwondo news, competitions and other events, training and sports science, keeping the fans, coaches, and high-performance athletes up to date with the latest news and trends on Olympic Taekwondo. Let's do this. This is the Taekwondo Podcast. And now your hosts, Coach Caesar Valentim and Peter Nessler. Hello and welcome to the Taekwondo Podcast. We're a podcast based out of Austria, in English language, for everyone out there who likes Taekwondo. In this episode, we talk about the new changes to the new rules, especially after observing the matches at the Pan American Championships this week. These new rules will only be enforced after June at the Grand Prix, and we now have a clear idea how it's going to be. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Coach Cesar Valentin, and with me is Coach Peter Nessler. Hi, Peter. How are you? I'm fine today. How are you, Cesar? Good, good. It was uh, been a few episodes since I haven't heard you. Uh, what's new up to your side? Um, I was at the Pumsa World Championships as a referee uh, last time, so eight days or even more, and uh, not not in Austria. So yeah, busy, busy. <laughs> it was almost ten years since you've been to Korea. Any new changes? How do you, not only from Korea but also about the, the World Championships? How do you feel about the new uh, directions that the Pumse is taking? Uh, in my opinion, they made a big, uh, really big event, a great event with uh, the most players ever in a huge hall. Organization went well with helpers every ten meters. Uh, the their English improved, by the way. So everyone is uh, speaking English. Uh, fluently that's that's very good for the for the foreigners uh coming there it was a good event it was a good event so here we are again talking about the new rules the new new rules they uh published uh, the rules in february they did some test events in puerto rico spain belgian open and now they came to the decision that some stuff needed to change the input from the coaches and from the referees came to some interesting uh decisions and uh, interesting upgrades to the rules um, for those uh, who are not aware of the new changes, probably else to go by a little very crash course on the new rules. The new system that will start uh, with the Grand Prix in Rome counts with the best of three round system. That means you have to win two out of the three rounds to win the match. The, if you win the first and the second, the match is over. There's also some um, clarifications on technical points for the back kicks. Uh, the, basically, the Tichagi, if you don't turn your head, and if you're just kicking with the back leg without turning the head and shoulders, it's still uh, it's just two points, not the, the technical point for the turning kick. The head kicks, everything that is above the collarbone will now be allowed for the coaches to ask for a video replay. Not the referees. The coaches uh, can ask for any contact to the head that didn't score, but the referees can only ask for the video replay if they counted, if they did the safety counting to 8 or to 10 when they perceived a strong impact, so that didn't change. Now there's also the big difference of the no get no counter for falling down if the player that has scored the turning kick falls down after the score. Um, some procedures regarding to that. Um, the counter for kicking more than two times with the same leg in the air is something that is really being enforced. The rules don't say that. The rules say that if you kick two times in the air without scoring, um, you get a, a counter on the third kick. 
the, what the interpretation from the referees right now is that if you're kicking three times, even if the second scored, the, you're still getting the counter. And that's something that is, um, destroying a little bit of the game and especially the, a lot of fast techniques with the front leg that we see in European and North American style. And I think that is something that is designed to, 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 to bring Taekwondo more to the old style, old school, uh, very fast kicks, not too long leg fasting. It might work. It might not work. Funny enough, they actually let you score twice with the same head in one kick. So if you're, if you're contact to the helmet, uh, score six points because it scratched the helmet twice. They're still letting the six points stay. That's, uh, something that should have probably been changed, but that's not what they're doing it. Um, they're, Original rule said that you would get into the clinch and you would get a five second specificity and, uh, and they would say fight and then you would get, uh, to start fighting or get out of the clinch. They changed it to make sure that the clinches are not so long. As we mentioned before the rules were applied in our podcast, we actually mentioned the clinches are making longer being actually the rules trying to make the clinches more active were going to backfire with those rules. They realized that. So after three seconds in the clinch, you get a, a fight command and you have to, and leave the clinch in one second. The interesting introduction into, into the clinch situation is that the moment you start the clinch or pushing in the clinch, you have to kick. And if you are the attacking op- uh, player going into the clinch for a push, you have to immediately follow a kick, otherwise you will get the counter. While the athlete that is just defending their position and standing their ground doesn't get the counter, that's a very good decision. Um, again, the, the funny kicks on the clinch that are basically just not really a crescent kick, not really an anchage, just touching the helmet. Uh, it's going to be removed, but they decided that they're not going to remove the scorpion kicks and some of the other kicks. That's uh, some of the good changes. And as I mentioned before, we should not penalize the athletes that are flexible and that have the ability to do that. Um, we should make the game clear. I still think that the clinching situations and the kicking on the clinch should be done in a different way. They also changed the, the way you are pushing uh, on the clinch. So um, we watched them at, uh, at the Pan American Championships. And when we saw that uh, um, the situation of the superiority in the end of the each round to avoid the complication situa- complicated situation in the third round, when one would play tactically, especially the coaches that are uh, very tactical, they would uh, allow the player to play a second and third round in a passive way after winning the first one, counting on the so, some of the points to, to avoid a, a third match being uh, the decising match. Them even disqualifying themselves because the four counters would be less points than a superiority of five or six points from the first round. We mentioned all these things and WT listened to our podcast. They listened so much that actually it was published in one of the newsletters from WT that uh, linked to one of our episodes. Thank you, uh, World Taekwondo, for paying attention to what we're doing. Um, but when it comes to the, the round, they decide to come with a superiority in the end of the third round. That's uh, on, the, on the end of the every round. I'm sorry. And we saw it now in the Pan American Championships. I think it was the match, um, with Caroline from Brazil. And the, the second round uh, was, uh, uh, tight and there was still 10 seconds left. There was a conjunction from the American girl. Um, so the, the, the superiority was, uh, into effect into the second round, allowing the, the, the player to, to win the match with winning the first and the second round while the second round was basically superior to the decision. Interesting enough, the, um, the Camjons that we said that they gave too much power to the referees because now everything is a Camjon, everything is a penalty. They did, uh, increase the number of allowed Camjons. The logic behind the, the three 
conjuns allowed per round would follow up the previous rules where you would have nine conjuns per match that you would, uh, that you would still be allowed to do and being disqualified only on the 10th. The way they did this three per round would basically be the conversion of that system, but they realized that three conjuns per round is uh, a lot of uh, power to the referees and a lot of, um, passivity that you would impose in a match because the players would not risk so much in being afraid of the uh, of getting the fourth conjunct. So now they allowed you to have fourth conjunct per round. Um, that uh, means that you want to get disqualified with the fifth conjunct. That's um, the, some of the changes from the new variation of the rules. And they also changed the superiority system. The superiority system used to be um, done by the first number of uh, spinning kicks and then uh, the player with less conjuns. They did change that and that's something important because most uh, coaches out there don't understand that. In the first rule of the tiebreaker, in case you have the same score in the end, uh, the same points in the end of each round, the first rule is still the one that made uh, more points with the uh, spinning kicks. Doesn't matter if it's to the vest or to the head. But then if it's the same number, it counts uh, by the higher point value techniques that means the second superiority decision the second tie-breaking criteria is the players that uh, if one of the players have uh, five points and the other not uh the five point techniques is the the superiority decision and if we go down from there did any of them did four the one who did more techniques with four points or did anyone did three points the one that so basically it comes all down to the end that uh if i punched and i made one uh a point with a punch and you only got one point because of the camera, the one that made the punch will be the winner. So yes, they did that uh, changing on the superiority rules so the cameras do not take uh, are not in, taken into consideration anymore, but the missed hits are still there. So if you contacted the vest if you had some touches on the vest that didn't uh, score or didn't pass the threshold enough for you to score a point and those will still be inside the superiority criteria it's just a search superiority criteria and then in the end of that we'll go to the Usegiro to the old rules. That makes the, the match um, much more interesting. I hope the systems get ready for that I know that until uh, when we are recording this podcast uh, the system out there, the PSS system, the electronic system, the computer does not recognize those systems yet so that means that uh, the technical assistant has to be very very careful writing down these things for the competitions that are going to use it i know the grand uh, the reno grand prix that's not a wt grand prix that's a u.s american um uh grand prix they will uh, have these rules but they will not have the system ready so they will have to uh, use the paper to take those rules but yes the rules changed uh, the superiority procedure the match dynamic and Again, when I look at the Pan American Championships and what they did at the Pan American Championships, I do see way more dynamic first rounds. And that's what uh, the good thing about these new rules. The very strong first rounds, but I think some of the rules, uh, as we mentioned before, and that we were, especially the video replay requests, they break the game a little bit. Have you seen the matches? What do you think about the new things, Peter? Yeah, I watched uh, some of the matches and uh, I agree that we have uh, much more, uh, well, let's say we have less tactics in all of the rounds. So athletes have to score their points uh, immediately. They have to go for it. Well, um, in general, the more rules you have, the more complicated it gets. Also, as you said, uh, the systems uh have not followed yet so we have to write everything down on paper which brings the risk of errors um so everyone has to really focus and really concentrate on the matches that there is no mistakes um for me 
it's too many rules. It's too complicated. Not only for those outside who don't know anything on Taekwondo, also for uh, the game itself. They try to get back a style uh, from uh, years ago. I don't know if you can get it with the rules, to be honest. I think the, trying to go back in time and limiting the players uh, of their creativity and the, the fact that the today pl today's players are m way well prepared to the more uh, modern matches and to the more dynamic matches and trying to introduce old school techniques and uh, old school fighting styles has been proven to be wrong. We know that uh, we've mentioned that in the last episode. If you have better uh, techniques, you're going to use the new style and you're going to win. There's a reason why the new style exists. It, because it beat the old style uh, since the, in the last 10 years. In the last 10 years, we still see players trying to come with old style. Even some of the big names or some of the beginners that come from trainers that prefer the old style, they never match up to the ones with the new rules. So trying to change the rules to bring a style that nobody wants to use it for winning, um, it's, it's, it's going back in time and it's not going to work. I do agree that the best of three is good. I do agree that the pushing on the clinch was getting ridiculous without any kicks, mostly pushing. The heads didn't do anything about the punches. They did uh, a lot of uh, improvements on the technology on the computer side, but not enough on the helmet on the vest side. So basically, we're trying to catch up with the lack of technology by changing the rules. And that's something that should not be done. And I think we can uh, uh, understand the reason why you can now ask for a video replay as a coach. Me, as a coach, I love the fact that I can protest uh, impacts to the head that didn't score. It's fair. I did it. It happened It happened to me today in training three, four times that uh, one player hit each other on the helmet and the helmet didn't score. The sensor wasn't there or the helmet didn't have the sensors on that part. We never know if it's the software or if it's the, the technology of the, of the hardware. But again... Having the coach asking for the video replay all the time is bringing for the spectators and for the match management something that is counterproduction. And I think we we all agree that the matches are not interesting if we are spending half an hour waiting for the video replay to be decided. Yeah, that's true. It was ridiculous. Some of the video replays really took way too long at the Pan American uh, thing. Um, one other thing I'm wondering is why we don't have a sensor on the, on the, on the gloves, so for the punch, because that would give the organizers the possibility to reduce the refer to the amount of referees. You could get rid of the corner referees, so. Yes, the, I think we mentioned that. We, I think I'm sure we mentioned that in the podcast we had with Ali Gafur from 2020 Armor. The technology is there, and you have gyroscopes and accelerometers that will allow you to understand if the player was turning or not. Therefore, the technical kicks don't need to be scored by the by the corner judges. Could be done by the equipment itself, or it could even as a as a failsafe be used by the central referee or by the the the, the technical assistant. The second thing is the punches. We know I've seen the true score systems being used with a new model that has a little scoring area for the punches and different sensors for the hands. But I, it, we come to a point that hit, the players will play with that too much and that will not be the game that we want, the dynamic game. I'm even up for it, removing the punches altogether in modern Taekwondo. That would be probably a hard uh, decision to understand. Some of our listeners will say I'm crazy. And I, well, if you think I'm crazy, just leave some comments on our Instagram and our Facebook site. But it is uh, something that could actually be accepted. 
take the punches away from Taekwondo, the same way there's no kicks in boxing, why should we have punches in Taekwondo, especially if they're so subjective? Yeah, that's true. You could either uh, completely cancel them or you could set a time frame, for example, I don't know, five seconds, you can only hit the punch uh, now and then the next one, uh, the oldest in five seconds. So, um, to not let the players play with that thing. But also, uh, I mean, the the ideal punch, how it should be with a stretched arm, you don't see it very often. So most of them technically are not to be given. So really cancel them. It's okay. Well, the impact of the rules also impacts the training systems. And we were all discussing the endurance uh, part of Taekwondo now with the new rules. But after we have seen in the Pan American Championships, I think my mind is uh, going in a different direction. Um, I know that other coaches uh, have uh, expressed the same uh, feelings. I've talked to coaches all across the world about the same feelings and about the, the training planification and the, all about the endurance part of Taekwondo training. And I think uh, we'll take a short break and go after that. That, uh, after the after commercial break, talk about the training preparations for the new rules. This podcast is supported by Hawken Dynamics. Hawken Dynamics believes that technology is most useful when it stays out of your way. That's why Hawken developed the world's first wireless force plate system with extreme usability. It is the quickest, easiest to use, and most robust solution on the market. It is trusted by all sports organizations, large and small, as well as tactical, military, and rehabilitation environments around the globe. It's force testing in the palm of your hand. Here at Vintekondo Center, we use Hawking Dynamics to test and monitor our team. The cloud-based platform allows us to access data and publish a variety of reports on the go. My favorites are trend reports and, of course, weight reports, where I can monitor different metrics to view progress and identify performance indicators, or to compare weights to a baseline data range. I use it on a daily basis to identify readiness. A simple jumping test takes me less than a minute to assess the entire team. Having my own Hawking Dynamics force plates allows me to test reactive strengths, maximum strengths, rate of force development, asymmetry and so much more. The real-time feedback on the app is useful not only for testing, but as a training tool, making it more accurate and at the same time more engaging for the athletes. If you are interested in learning more about Hawking Dynamics or getting your own, The team can be reached at info at hawkindynamics.com or on Instagram or Twitter at hawkindynamics. This podcast is sponsored by First Beat Sports. First Beat Sports combines the most comprehensive analytics in team sports with a customizable interface to support real-time monitoring, recovery monitoring, performance management, and much more. The result? Data-driven decisions that support your athletes and team training, recovery, and performance goals. First Beat Sports is trusted by professionals. Over 23,000 athletes representing over 1,000 teams around the world rely on the solution to train and plan with confidence on a team and individual level using HRV-based insights. For more information, please visit our website, firstbeat.com sports. When talking about Taekwondo training, we need to talk about Athlete Analyzer. Athlete Analyzer is the first Taekwondo-specific athlete monitoring system. It is used by both national teams, regional squads and small clubs to maximize performance, prevent injuries and communicate with both athletes and trainer teams. Athlete Analyzer is a cloud-based system with a friendly smartphone app. You can plan and monitor every aspect of your training even when you are not in the gym with your team. The easy-to-use video analysis tool is not like anything you've seen. It helps you understand your athletes and even their opponents, making this app the only tool you need to manage your team. 
Before I used Atlet Analyzer, I spent an absurd amount of time in front of the computer, creating spreadsheets and using half a dozen software solutions. I have Atlets in my center, but also abroad, and with Atlet Analyzer, it's much easier to communicate, plan, and monitor their development. Now that I have extra time, I can focus on what matters, training my athletes, and it still leaves me some room to do other stuff, like this Taekwondo podcast. Athlete Analyzer offers you a two weeks free trial. Visit them at athleteanalyzer.com to sign up, or click on the link in the episode's description. To get the most of your free trial, I recommend you first book a free personal demonstration with Nicholas. It will give you a great insight of what Athlete Analyzer has to offer you and your team. It is well worth the time. You're listening to the Taekwondo Podcast. Now back to your hosts, Coach Caesar Valentim and Peter Nessler. Welcome back. And here we are talking about the new rules and how they changed the, the training part and how we as coaches and as trainers uh, change our training plan. Honestly, when I looked at the new rules and I tested the new rules, the way they were written without the video replays in the club, I noticed that the energy the players were spending was much higher. They had three rounds that were much, much more dynamic. They had to fight each round like if it was their own match, bringing, of course, uh, way more uh, action, way more active periods, and uh, uh, making the Atlas have to use way more energy for the competition, therefore making the endurance part of the training much more, more important. But now... After watching the Pan American and seeing how long the the matches stops because of video replays, even if the video replays are fast, the fact that you ask three or four times per round in some cases, it means that the players have enough time to rest. So the rounds are no longer so active as they used to be. And we were at the point where Taekwondo was for each second active, you had one or two seconds that you were not active. Now it's the breaks are so long that we go back into uh, almost base endurance level in some of the matches and i think that is something that um, only with time and with analyzing your players and their fighting styles will be able to adapt in training but it's definitely no not the heavy hard pact of action rounds that we were expecting with the new rules what do you think about that um as as we saw the the number of runs uh, has decreased so, so many games are only two runs um and we have a lot of stops in between so we first thought that the load is getting bigger that you need a better endurance training but or a different one let's say it um but in the moment no that's clear yes the 12 points gap uh, in some cases was very fast I saw some players at the Pan American Championships and you will see even more at the G tournaments where the level is very different between the, the players. You end the rounds very quickly. You have a lot of breaks, uh, shorter rounds, shorter matches, as you mentioned. And we definitely need to, to change uh, on the training, on the focus. The part of the clinching that was so important in the training that you had to train almost like rugby players and push, 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 push for uh, endless uh, periods. Now you don't have that anymore. You have to push and kick. Uh, you are not allowed to do the crazy kicks on the clinch anymore. Making the clinch way uh, stable, both legs on the floor, um, pushing for shorter periods of time, working more on the boundary lines. The, the game changed and the training is going to change a lot what is for you now the the biggest challenge 
to be honest, the b- biggest challenge in the moment is to 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 read uh, where the the rules will go in the next time. So, as you mentioned, there will be adaptions. Uh, there will be further adaptions till till the next big events, uh, which then will set the framework for the Olympics, in my opinion. So the Europeans and the worlds um, will set the rules for the Olympics. Till then, we have to look how it goes. I see that uh, the Grand Prix will be the, the, the biggest test. You will see most of the, the referees uh, nominated are very, very good referees. And uh, it's not the same as a Continental Championship. Therefore, you will be able to analyze how the new rules are affecting the game. It is uh, interesting to see how they changed in the Pan American uh, Championships. But it's still a little further away from what it's going to be in the Grand Prix. In the Grand Prix, you will see the top players, top coaches and top referees. And the game will be way closer to the Olympic Games. Of course, we know in a sport like us uh, that the professional players and the professional coaches are not matched by professional referees. And it's very hard to see a fair and consistent um, refereeing uh, except at the Olympic Games. But Grand Prix is close enough and I'm quite uh, um, excited to see how Rome is going to be. Do you, uh, What are your plans regarding the Rome Grand Prix? My plans regarding Rome were quite easy. I mean, it's quite close from from Vienna, so I might be going there as a as a spectator. But uh, to once more get back to the rules, uh, rules are not only set for the Olympics; it's also for all level of games. So I hope uh, we will soon have a, a fixed a fixed set of rules. Well, that's as as much as we can go since uh, until the Grand Prix. We cannot see much more from them. The European Championships are still going to be with the old rules. So we have to wait a month and we come back and we'll analyze uh, how they were implemented and a few months after that, how the training changed. And I think until then, you just have to stay tuned, listen to our podcast. And thank you, Peter. It was uh, nice being here with you and with everyone who's listening out there. This was the Taekwondo podcast. If you haven't already, listen to our other episodes that are available wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are releasing new episodes every Tuesday. Stay tuned, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a positive review and share it with your friends. See you next time. You've been listening to the Taekwondo podcast, keeping the fans, coaches and high performance athletes up to date with the latest news and trends on Olympic Taekwondo. Your host, Coach Cesar Valentim, has almost 20 years of experience with high performance Taekwondo and has worked all around the world as a Taekwondo trainer. Peter Nessler has been teaching Taekwondo for more than 20 years and he's currently one of the top referees in Europe. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram at Taekwondo Podcast, on Facebook at Taekwondo Cast, and the website TaekwondoPodcast.com. See you next time.